Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Hi, Road to Growth listeners. Today I got Mark. You might know him as Mr. Lucky. He is the owner Maxi Media. Mr. Lucky, can I call you Mr. Lucky or should I call you Mark? Or You can call me Mark, you can call me Mr. Lucky, <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> All right, Mark. So, yeah, I mean, give us a little insight of kind of uh, who is, who's Mark? How would you describe it? Well, I, I've got to tell you my big, big win of the day is that I, I just released a book called The Lucky Formula. And, and I just looked on the Amazon bestseller lists in three categories and I'm number one right now. So I'm pretty pumped about That's that. Awesome. And uh, one of them in, in the self-help section, I'm ahead of Matthew McConaughey. So that's kind of cool, too. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. There we go. What, um, what uh, um, have you always had a plan to, to put a book together? Or was that something well, that came about? It, it, it kind of came, well, it didn't kind of come about. A buddy of mine who owns a marketing agency as well, you know, uh, 10 years ago said, hey, look, you've got so many great stories. You've got colossal failures and colossal successes. I think you should write a book. You know, people could get a lot out of it. And I was always apprehensive. I was like, ah, nah, nah, nah. And then finally, you know, when, when COVID hit, I said, you know what? Maybe it's time. You know, the world's gone crazy. So maybe it's crazy enough to write a book. So let's do it. <laughs> so, well, you talked kinda... about the, the, um, the wins and the losses. And we're going to get into that. I mean, um, at a young age, I mean, let's just let's rewind a little bit. At a young age, I mean, if if you're doing, I mean, social media marketing, I would think that would describe you as being kind of a ham, being in front of the camera, no. wanting to be out there. Well, no? you have to. There's a distinction between you being the social media marketer and okay. you know your your team doing it, right? So, yeah, because look. I, the book is also about blitz scaling and that's kind of what I've done over the last blitz scaling businesses. I don't know if you heard the term, but there was a book, uh, book that was written, I think it was five or six years ago by Chris Yeh and um, the gentleman who founded LinkedIn. I forget his name right now, but we'll, uh, we'll think of it in a second. Anyway, so I read that book and you know that's kind of what I've been doing all my life. And blitz scaling is about taking a small business and blowing it up really quickly. So I mm-hmm. kind of, the first time I did that was, it was about 10 years ago and I founded a payments company. And I, I blew it up from one employee myself to over 215. Uh, so that was very successful. I had, uh, you know, so I sold the company in 2016, decent amount of money, multi-millions in my pocket. And then again, launched, we launched Maxi Media in 2017. And we blew it up from two people, myself and my partner, to over 250 right now. So hmm. that's kind of how you, how you define blitz scaling. And then, you know, we're not stopping. We're taking it to the next level. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I, would, I would say you, categorize me as a, a blitz scaler, somebody that likes to win, somebody that likes to have fun. But you asked me the question on, you know, you, you said that I'm the sort of the, 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 the talent on social media. I'm not at all. <laughs> like, I don't even have, a, I, don't, I actually don't even have a TikTok account to be quite honest with you. Oh, so. well, okay. Or I do, but it has 12 followers and maybe 13 with you, Enrique. So. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. Sorry. Well, when you're, so you're talking about blitz scaling, um, when did you come across this? And, and I know we, we're going to get into it again. I mean, in uh, 2006, you got into maybe real estate. Things didn't really work out right there. When did the idea of blitz scaling kind of come about for you? Well, in 2000, I, uh, I got equity in a company. I was the third person in the company. 
and I was the VP of sales. So the uh, EVP of sales. So my job was obviously to drive in sales and grow the company. That's exactly what I did. So I grew, you know, I grew the sales team from zero, from one person myself to over 60 within the course of a year. And we grew the company from, you know, from three people to over 240 within about two years. And so that kind of taught me, you know, the, the, the guy I was working with, who's, who's a multi-billionaire today, complete genius, um, you know, kind of taught me that, look, why, why have fear? Take the blinders off and go for it, right? Go for it, be, be obviously tactical and uh, make educated investments, but you got to take risks, man. Go for it. Let's go for it. So why that, that's kind of what I've taken on over the last, let's say, 20 years. Go for it take calculated risks. I didn't do that in 2006, but, you know, but uh, go for it. So that's, that's what blitzscaling is all about, but there's an art to it, by the way, if you want me to get into that, I can, I can tell yeah, you stories sure. around. So after my colossal failure in real estate in 2006, so I, uh, I had invested, I had sold my company in 2006, the one that I had launched uh, had, it was the third person in. So I was walking away with multi-millions of dollars in my pocket and you've probably seen this before, right? So I took all the winnings and I rolled it into one project in 2006, right before 2007. And I know you're in real estate, so you know exactly what happened in 2007. Definitely wrong timing, but I got totally crushed. So I was on the you know verge of bankruptcy, anxiety, no ability to sleep whatsoever, and I, I totally got crushed. And it took you know maybe. Uh, you know, somebody from above lifting me out of that depression after about six months curled up on my couch. And I, I you know, was able to get into an, the next venture. And I was able to uh, start the company called Evo Canada. So we went well, from zero to 215 employees. Go ahead. Sorry. Before we get to that. Okay. Yeah. When we're in depression, right. And there's a lot of people that have come to failures and some people go through bigger failures and some of those smaller failures, but that that push you need to get off the couch get off the you mean and start working again what was that trigger that allowed you to actually i gotta do this again go for it again you know that's that's a good that's actually a really good question because i remember myself and my wife sitting on the couch literally she she was like hey maybe we should get some sake like and start drinking at two in the afternoon i'm like what are we doing like what are we doing here? We're both productive people or were productive people in society. We both were successful in business. We got colossally crushed and we're in depression. What it was just, I, I can't explain what it was, but it was a snap. When you hit rock bottom, that that's, mm. you know, that's you tend to, if you're a winner at heart or you're, you're a person who, who deserves or wants more then you're going to hit a point when, when you turn. And it, I can't tell you what that point was, but there was a point hit rock bottom. I said, all right, enough is enough. I, I picked up the phone and I started making calls and, uh, you know, lo and behold, here's how luck happens. A book is called the lucky formula. This was lucky. I called my buddy Todd in New York and I was like, Hey Todd, this is what happened. I got creamed in real estate. I'm, um, you know, totally down depressed. I'm, I'm broke, dead broke. I went from multi-millions to dead broke. And he's like, well, today might be your lucky day, Mark. I, uh, a buddy of mine, down the street, Evo Payments International just signed a deal with a Canadian bank and they've got the rights and they're looking for somebody to run the portfolio and they want somebody to invest in the company and run the company. I'm like, well, it's great. I don't have a dime to my name. And so he turned and he said, listen, pick up the phone, call Jeff and see if you guys could strike a deal and you'll figure out the money thing later. And, and that's exactly what happened. But 
So out of desperation, you get, you know, you, you take action and things happen. And that's part of the formula as well. The formula is partly take action to make things happen. Can you, or, and I don't know if you're even allowed to, in that, that arrangement you make with them, I mean, because again, there's probably people listening that get an opportunity, but they don't have the, the funds to do it, right? Are you able to give any kind of insight of how you structure Absolutely. it? Okay. Yeah, so I got pretty creative. Um, so in the book, I talk about, you know, leveraging your past past performance or leveraging, you know, your skill set to date. So what I had done, if you look at it from 2001 to 2006, I was part of growing a massive company. So I had built some pretty good brand equity in myself. So, you know, I was the VP of sales responsible of driving in every single sale from day one to, to when I left and we built a highly valuable company. So there were people out there that I successfully made a lot of money. So maybe there were favors that were owed, or maybe there was, you know, there was somebody out there that, that saw what I did before and would, would invest in me. It took me 87 calls to find that one person, but I did, right? It's, a, it's, it's about work ethic. It's about plowing through the nose and it's about, uh, you know, getting back on your feet, making it happen. That's, that's exactly what happened. So the idea of, okay, well, I created this, I created this company. I was one of the, the founders of this company. And then you have a, a massive, I mean, a big failure, right? And then you're getting your mindset again. When you're when you're getting those 85 no's before you got that 86 yes, how many times are you lingering back to the failure compared to lingering back to the, the, the major successes that you've had? Well, I could tell you a story. Um, Back in 2000, uh, sorry, back in about 1996, I was actually a sports agent. And I look, Vinny, you know this. You're you're in real estate, and you see and you see that phone, right? And you have to pick it up, and you know, and you hate that phone. You absolutely viscerally hate that phone, right? Don't you? So that's you probably what, why the, you have it. The, the the funny thing is, is actually it was it was funny because uh, before I actually grew a team and and got more, where I was just dialing for dollars. It was, yeah, I made it, I made it an addiction. I looked at the idea of, you know, for boxing, anyone out there that ever boxed, right? You can, you can punch something, you punch and you start getting calluses on your hands, right? Yeah. And so that's how it was with the calls. I was like almost enjoying it. And when I was not making my phone calls, I was having withdrawals. I was like, oh my God, I need to get on the phone. I need that, that rush of getting the rejection or getting <laughs> the, the offer or getting whatever it might be. So over time, I actually started really liking it. But once you stop doing it, you forget that callus starts slowly fading away. Well, and you got to keep refreshing it. Absolutely, you do. But I remember back in 96, you know, before the internet, before, you know, cell phones, before anything, we had, I had this big white phone sitting yeah. on my desk. And I remember walking downstairs. I worked out of my house back then. I, I literally had a list. And I, and I remember watching the phone. I would sit on the stairs for about one minute or two minutes, psyching myself up mm -hmm. to get on that phone. So that's kind of what I had to do again in 2006. I had to pump myself up just like you did, right? Yeah. And I'm like, listen, you, you got to get out of this. Like you're a winner. You're not a loser. You're not that guy on the couch. You're not, mm -hmm. you know, the guy drinking sake at two in the afternoon. You're not that guy. So you get yourself fired up like you did get yourself pumped yeah. up. And, and lo and behold, number 87, you know, 80, 86 no's number 87 is a yes. So every no leads you to the next yes. And you know that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then, so now you're, you're, you uh, building this company. Okay. The process that you're talking about of kind of, bringing on people, growing the brand, when you're doing it systematically and, and growing it really fast, 
you might get some bad hires. I mean, I think that's the, the, the issue with a lot of people. They grow too fast and they have issues. What's your system of kind of knowing you're bringing on the right people, surrounding yourself by the right people, and also growing at a, at a fast rate? Well, look, you're going to make mistakes for sure. There's no question about it. <clears throat> but it's, it's as long as you correct those mistakes quickly, okay. right? You, you, you get that feeling, right? I, look, so I ask questions wrapped around leadership. I ask questions on – I actually like to bring on – people that were, were in, were athletes before, were captains of their team, were, were playoff players. Those are the kind of people I like. So for example, I just interviewed a, a woman uh, in the media buyer position for manager. She played volleyball in, in college. She was a captain of her team. Like this is the person that I want on my team because she she's aggressive. She understands how to motivate, understands how to, you know, bring people to the next level. And so those are the kind of people I look at. Yes, you're going to make mistakes. Yes, you might get the egomaniac, but you just correct course. And don't be afraid to correct course. That's a key. That's key. Like if you make a, a mistake, like it's called the, I learned this from Tim Ferriss. It's called the sunk cost fallacy. Sometimes mm -hmm. when you make an investment, right, be it real estate or people, sometimes you, you, you think in your head like, wow, I just made that investment and it took me, you know, a month to find this person. Let's, let's try to gut it out. It's the wrong approach. You got to cut bait when you know it's the wrong approach. If you viscerally in your gut feel it's wrong, get rid of it. You have to. You have to move to the next, the next stage. How long did it take you to start trusting your guys? Well, I would say over the last ten years, I've gotten pretty good at it. <clears throat> so, I mean, early, I, mean, <laughs> I didn't trust my gut in 2006 when I made that investment. So. I was uh, the, the story around that is I was actually raising money for a new payments company. So I, I had left the payments. Uh, I'd sold my shares in a payments company, kind of like PayPal. Right. And then I was raising money for another payments company, my own company. And I got the, the script was flipped on me, but I walked in this guy's house and it was a, in Florida, I'm in Florida now. And it was actually a mansion on 25 acres with about 20 horses in the barn. But I walked in the house and there was no furniture in the house. I'm like, that's kind of weird. This guy has no furniture in his house. So I had my gut feeling told me to run, but I didn't. And then I eventually did a deal with this guy and it eventually turned out he didn't have any furniture in his, in his house because the guy didn't have any money. He just it was a great storyteller. And so wow. I got, I got fried on that deal big time, you know, in two ways, bad partner and bad marketplace. So, uh, but anyway, so yes, I didn't trust my gut back then, but over the last 10 years, I've, I've done a good job at cultivating that and and I, and I think for me the key is meditation that's helped me focus and zero in on on bs or or great things do you think uh, well besides i guess the the idea that he had no furniture there but is there anything else that like if you could go back to that time where you yeah, would vet sure. someone or if you got an opportunity for a partner ways to vet that partner and actually see if they're real <laughs> here's one for you if you go to a restaurant and their credit card declines that's okay. a pretty good red flag. That's one of them. Right? <laughs> that happened and I still didn't catch the flag. But anyway, um, look, ways to do that. Obviously, look at their past history. Uh, look at interview people. So it's, it's just like when, when I brought on my, uh, my recent VP of finance, I definitely, that's a very important position. I hired him last month. Turned So far, so great, actually. But I did. I spoke to three people that, that he had worked with previously. And I actually knew his, uh, his former boss, uh, who's a billionaire in town in, in, in Montreal. <clears throat> and so I knew that this guy's a pretty hard driver. And if you can work for this guy, then you must be a pretty solid employee. 
And plus the three other people that told me that he was a great employee as well. So you definitely got to do reference checks on people, uh, background checks. Um, and if that all checks out, you're good. But so what I, what I'd done in that real estate deal is I didn't do the due diligence and I didn't see the red flags, <clears throat> but as you know, like I'm sure you've taken your beatings in, in your career. Those are your best, absolute best learning experiences. So if you allow yourself to learn from them, that's I, right. I think, I think some people are there of take it in and they go, you know what? I lost out on this, but I'm going to be a blind to this. I'm, I'm going to say it wasn't the failure. It was basically outside of my control or something like that. Absolutely. So, well, uh, look, you, you've got to drop your ego on if you make a mistake I mean, it, there's a great book by Jocko Willink called Extreme Ownership. If you haven't read it, I mm -hmm. definitely would read it. Extreme Ownership. And he's kind of near in your neck of the woods. I think you're in San Diego, right? Yeah, San Diego. He's right down the street from you in San Diego. He's an ex-Navy SEAL. His book is amazing. It's, it's one of my staple leadership books. And it's basically, you know, if you're the leader, it's always your fault. So take ownership over everything. Like if you're the CEO yeah. of your company, it's your fault. Everything's your fault or because of you. Right? Did you hire the right people, the wrong people? Did you hold on to the person for too long or not too long? Did you make a mistake? Okay, you made a mistake, move on. I mean, how many bad investments have you made, Vinny? Right? I've made a ton of bad investments. Yeah. And oh, it, sure. I just yeah. think, look, mistakes are part of it, like you said, but you better allow yourself to learn from it. Now, so you built your second company. Well, well I guess the first company yourself. When did you know it was right for you to sell that company and transition to a new opportunity? Well, it, you know, and, and I say that in the book, sometimes I feel like maybe I'm leaving an opportunity too quick. Like, for example, when I left the, the sports agent business, did I leave too early, but I left for a better opportunity. I, I left for recurring revenue. Like you're mm -hmm. in real estate, I guarantee you own doors, right? I guess they call it in yeah. Canada, they call it owning different doors. So yeah. you're in the recurring business, uh, recurring uh, revenue business. That's exactly what payments is. That's exactly what my digital marketing company is. It's recurring revenue. It runs on autopilot. So I think that if you if you sense a top, like in 2013, I sensed the top in in my payments business. I sensed that you know the market was at its height, and I'm going to get top value here. So that's why I started preparing for the sale. I, I think you got to listen to your gut, like like we discussed earlier. So. If you're able to listen to your gut, if you're able to listen and learn from your mistakes, then then go for it. I mean, right now with my with my digital marketing company, I'm actually in the process of going through a process where I've been offered a mega amount of dollars. And I believe it's the right time right now. I mean, I'm gonna put serious dollars in my pocket and you know in and take the next step in my life. So I think, you know, it's never a bad idea to take money off the table either. How did that that opportunity come about? The media uh, company. <clears throat> uh, you mean how did I get into it? Yeah, how did you get into it? Because I mean, it it wouldn't seem off. You mean face value? Basically, the payment company would coincide with basically a media company. It seems like it's two different ballparks. <laughs> well, how does how does sports agent coincide with payment business exactly. and payment business coincide with marketing? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I guess I, I call myself an opportunist and if, and if I see an opportunity with good people involved, then, then I'll go for it. Like, so my wife had a, uh, had a fitness and nutrition business. And so when I sold my, the payments company in 2016, I went over to work in the, in the nutrition business and that business was doing phenomenally well. Um, and I was doing the marketing, like buying the Facebook ads 
but I'm not going to tell you that I'm a phenomenal Facebook ad buyer. So I was like, you know what, this, this is, I don't like it. Uh, it's not my thing. So I'm going to hire somebody to beat me. And I hired 10 different, uh, nine different companies or individuals to, to beat me and nobody could uh, until this one guy walked through my door named Max, Maxi Media, Max, right? Yeah. Get it? <laughs> so anyway, he walked through my door and totally crushed my numbers. I said, you got the job, man. <laughs> so, you know, from there I got to, to liking the gentleman and uh, we started a bit. I saw a huge opportunity in the digital marketing space. He was a one man shop and I'm like, listen, you know, us together, we could blow this thing up to 250 employees, maybe a thousand, which we're on pace for. So let's go for it. And the uh, rest is history. We started the company about a year after me meeting him. And then, uh, you know, we're now at 200 and I think it's over 260 employees oh, and wow. we're ready to take, we're ready to take the next, uh, next step. And, and let's say we're talking in five years from now, where do you see yourself being in? And it sounds like you possibly might be selling that company. Or you're escaping it. Right? Yeah, we have a pretty awesome opportunity on the table to, to sell 50% uh, cash and 50% shares into uh -huh. a bigger corporation. So, and, and then we take, you know, it's basically an amalgamation of 10 different companies potentially. So, all these companies roll up into one other big play. Mm -hmm. And so, that company should be valued at a, a higher multiple than what it would be today individually. So, I think in, you know, in five years, we're probably exited out of that thing. And uh, my ultimate goal is to hold the Stanley Cup over my head as the owner of the Florida Panthers. So that's where I am in five years. Oh, wow. When, when, did, <laughs> when did that idea of that goal come about? I have the Stanley Cup in the other room. I, should, I wish I had it here. I'd, I'd hold it up. But, <laughs> but it, it came about, well, my brother used to play uh, professional hockey. And both of my brothers played pro hockey. One played in the NHL for 13 years and the other one played professionally or overseas for 10 years. And that kind of left me the runt of the litter. Um, not, you know, not plus <laughs> short guy, too slow on the ice. And, uh, you know, I, I got the, I sort of got the itch to, to do it when I, you know, saw my brothers on the ice and represented all these players. And I would love to be the guy down there, but I can't be. So what's the next best thing, right? Why not own the team and, uh, and, and do it without getting my face beat in. It's kind of a good it, idea. It, is that something that you'd bring your brothers on because with their history or is that something that would just be? Yeah, potentially. Kind of well, one of my brothers plays, uh, sorry, scouts for the devils. So okay. but yeah, potentially it'd be an opportunity, but certainly a couple of my, my ex clients, ex hockey player clients would, would get involved, would be involved on, uh, you know, the scouting side and, uh, and maybe in management as well. <sighs> I mean, going back, I mean, I know we haven't really talked uh, much about your younger self. I mean, you, everything you kind of told us is basically very open, friendly, opportunist. I mean, you find the opportunity and you're okay with it. I mean, be positive in the moment. I mean, is that who you were at a young age, that person that was open to opportunities as they come about? Came about? Well, I would say that I learned a ton from my father who – who was in construction, right? So the family comes from Eastern Quebec farmers, right? So they moved to, hmm. to the United States in they moved to Lewiston, Maine in, I think it was 1955, right off the farm. Uh, and my, my grandfather, when he got here, was it was a lumberjack. And then they all ventured into, you know, my grandfather and, and eight kids ventured into the construction business. And what I'm proud of about this family is not a dime was given to them, no handouts, nothing. They all came they came with nothing but the, you know, the shirts on their back to, to the United States, worked their way up. And all of them are highly successful today. I have 17 cousins and, 
you know, they're all very successful. Everybody graduated college and, uh, and their kids are doing really, really well. And nobody gave us anything or gave them anything. So what, what that taught us was work ethic that taught us, you know, take action, go and get it. And, uh, that's what I'm proud of. So that's, you know, my childhood was, was, was basically, you know, working construction and from rink to rink to rink to rink and, uh, <laughs> and understanding work ethic. But, uh, you know, my father was amazing at teaching us personal development, teaching us how to visualize and writing our goals. And, you know, he was the first book he ever gave us was think and grow rich. I'm sure you've read that. I'm very sure you read that. And the second book was uh, Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. So I'm fortunate to have a, a father that focused on personal development and, and kind of, you know, helped us write that down. And it, kind of a great story for you is that he sat us down at about 10 years old. I remember exactly the, the U.S. hockey team won the gold medal. They beat the Russians and then they beat the Finns in the gold medal game. And then shortly after that, he sat us down and we all, he had us all write down our goals. So my little, uh, my middle brother, uh, we, we all wrote down, you know, play in the NHL, get full ride to, to university and then have a successful career after. My middle brother, all of it happened. He got a free ride to Boston University. He played 13 years professional hockey and he's successful after his career. Uh, my little brother, two thirds happened, right? So he played, he got a free ride to Boston University and then uh, played professional hockey. And myself, one third happened. <laughs> after my playing career, I, I was very pretty successful in business. So, you know, writing goals, I guess, works. My father taught me that. <laughs> Where do you think he picked it up from? You know what? That's that's a good question because I don't believe that his father taught him that. His father was a, a rough and tumble guy and a lumberjack. So that, that's a really good question. I don't know where he picked that up from, but you know, that, actually, I'm going to ask him that question. Thank you for that. Yeah. No. I mean, because it, it, it's it's definitely, I think, a rarity that people, I mean, have that self development, have that kind of growth potential, have look, have the ability to look forward, especially. I mean, I wouldn't even say in, in the construction field. I mean, it's more about the now. So, I mean, having that is a very powerful thing, especially to help, I mean, his children. I mean, do you have children right now? Yeah, I have two boys. Yeah. Do, do you go through the same things that your father went with you? Kind of Absolutely. We talk, we, we talk about your wins of the day. We talk about your goals. We talk about, you know, positive focus. We talk about, you know, thinking big, thinking huge. And that's kind of has a double-edged sword because you build so much confidence into your kids that they think they can do anything. So that's a, that's a double-edged sword. I gotta tell you that. How do you, I mean, how do you help them get through the failure of not accomplishing, I guess, the goals of the, the lofty goals they put out there? Well, my oldest son, right? He's nine and he's big time into judo. Mm. And to date, he doesn't, he doesn't mind if he loses. He's a pretty good athlete. He's actually pretty good at what he does. And our, the big goal is win the gold medal in the Olympics for USA judo and the team that he's on right now. So we just moved to, to, to the United States from Canada. And it just so happens that right down the street from us, 10 minutes down the street is the best uh, dojo in all the United States for judo coaches the coach this guy's phenomenal reminds me of my father growing up um he was a peruvian uh, an olympian for peru a judo olympian the guy's a beast a total monster and so to date my son doesn't he, he doesn't take it to heart if he loses he understands that you know there's there's tomorrow and we got to work hard we got to work hard so i guess we're fortunate in that sense that he doesn't take it too hard if he loses and he celebrates the wins 
Hmm. Is that something that just kind of happened over time? I think it's natural, right? But the, okay. the little one who's six, I don't know yet. We don't know yet, right? He hasn't competed in any tournaments yet. So if he takes a loss, we'll see what happens. But I tend to believe that he's, he's going to take it okay and understand that. Look, now it's time to work harder and get back in the gym and, uh, and get back to it. Well, thank you, Mark, uh, for being on being on the podcast. I mean, if someone's listening right now, what's the best way of them following your journey? Because I'm assuming if they're listening to this in six months from now, even a year from now, maybe a couple of years from now, you're probably going to be down a different path. You're going to probably be doing something great. I mean, what's the best way of people following your journey? I mean, getting more information about what you currently have going on. Well, first, if I could give you guys a gift, I've got a, a free quiz that, that your followers can take that'll, uh, that it's actually a, 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 your lucky score. So it okay. scores, you know, how lucky you are from a scale of zero to a hundred. And, uh, you can find that quiz at the lucky slash quiz. And again, it's the lucky slash quiz. And again, it, it, uh, it gives you your lucky score and it, uh, grades you on a scale of uh, zero to 10, uh, zero to hundred, like I said, but then it also gives you tips and tricks on how to increase your luck. Hmm. And, uh, also if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Mr. Lucky official. Perfect. I'm pretty sure I have that stuff in the show notes. So everyone, and if I don't have it right now, I will have it. So go look in the show notes. I know I'm following him. I got to do that quiz. I'm really curious how I rank. Uh, we'll see how this goes, and and hopefully I won't be too ashamed if my ranking is, is is really bad. But thank you, Mr. Lucky. Thank you, Mark, for being here. I appreciate you. Appreciate the positivity, opportunities. There's so many opportunities out there. You just have to be open to them and be willing to listen to them. Yet yeah, fall your gut. And if someone doesn't have furniture in their house, you <laughs> might want to go a different direction. Thanks, guys. Yeah, here's the better one. if somebody's credit card declines, run the other way. <laughs> exactly. Everyone, please subscribe, please share, and uh, go follow uh, Mr. Lucky. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.